Audiologist, a Phonak podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Audiologist, a podcast created by Phonak to offer audiologists and other healthcare professionals new perspectives on hearing health topics. My name is Lisa Basick, and I am manager of audiology thought leadership at Phonak headquarters in Switzerland. It is my absolute pleasure to share today's podcast with a renowned expert in the field of audiology. But before I introduce her, I have a question for you. When I say the words social emotional well being, what pops into your mind? Do those words make you think of your role as a hearing care professional? If your answer is no, we hope to change that with this episode. You will learn why you, as a hearing care professional, play a vital role in your client's social and emotional well-being and how you can foster it in your daily practice. We at Phonak are advocates for well-hearing is well-being. Because of this, we commissioned a peer-reviewed publication, which has recently been published in the International Journal of Audiology. The nine expert authors are from a range of backgrounds, clinical audiologists, a speech pathologist, academics, and researchers. It provides a brief overview of the social-emotional impacts of hearing loss, includes a five-step plan of how to support hearing needs in the context of social and emotional well-being, and includes useful tools for each step. You can find a link to this publication in the evidence library on our website, phonac.com. But before you visit our website, keep on listening and welcome with me today our guest, who is one of the authors of this new publication, Dr. Barbara Timmer. Barbara is lecturer in audiology at the University of Queensland, Australia, and a senior scientist at Sonova. She is also president of Audiology Australia. Barbara combines her previous clinical and industry experience and her current roles in academia industry and the profession to build a stronger bridge between research and clinical practice. It is my absolute pleasure to have you today. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Queensland, Australia. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I really appreciate the opportunity. So we have you here today. We were talking about this new publication, which I think is so fabulous. And it makes me think of kind of the question that I asked our listeners earlier. And I'm curious to know what pops into your mind when I ask that same question. What do you think of when I say the words social, emotional well-being? (laughs) It's a mouthful, isn't it? But I guess to me, it's all about just feeling good. If we look at the concept of well-being, then we can go back to the mid-1940s and the World Health Organization at that time defined well-being as a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. And I actually really like that definition because it really highlights the importance of social as well as emotional well-being. So to me, simply put, well-being is, is feeling good and functioning well. So if I then expand on that into what I mean with social and emotional well-being, for me, emotional well-being includes positive emotions such as happiness and feeling content, but it also includes aspects such as confidence and engagement and affection. 
And that social aspect, social well-being, really refers to how we interact with others and it includes having a sense of purpose in life and experiencing positive relationships and positive connections to others. Right. And when we think about well-being, I know there are other domains of well-being. How does it relate to those other domains when we're talking about social, emotional well-being? Wow. I think for us as humans, I think it's all very much interrelated. If you think about that WHO definition that I I just shared, they really recognised already in the mid-1940s that aspects such as physical well-being and cognitive well-being also play a really important role in humans feeling good. But there are, of course, other domains too of well-being, if we can think of, say, spiritual well-being, cultural and material well-being. To me, all of these domains really remind us, again, that we as humans... Well-being is, is, is really important to us and it, for us in, in health and in hearing health, it means that we should take very much a holistic approach to well-being. Right. And we do know how important well-being is. And when I read the publication, it really stood out to me how hearing is really linked to our social and emotional well-being. And I would love to hear a little bit more of what your thoughts are on that and why it's so important in hearing healthcare that we address it. I agree, Lisa. It's it's central. Look, humans are social, right? And for many of us, the way that we socialize and we communicate is very strongly linked to our ability to hear. If our hearing changes, then this can have physical and social and mental impacts. So hearing loss not only impairs the ability to hear, but can also compromise our ability to communicate. Uh, Hearing loss can impact how we interact and how we connect with others. And this, in turn, of course, can then negatively impact both social as well as emotional well-being. If we think of, as clinicians, the the aspect of emotional well-being, we often see clients in our clinic, people with hearing loss, that start to avoid or perhaps even withdraw from social situations. They may have misheard things in the past and then respond in a way that could result in in them feeling embarrassed or or feeling shame. Some adults with hearing loss also report feeling frustrated in social settings and and many report actually feeling tired or, or fatigued. And if those social situations are no longer rewarding to people, then some people with hearing loss might begin to socially disconnect and become isolated or indeed lonely, which in turn then impacts their social well-being. So we might see that the quality of their social interactions reduces or the size of someone's social network might decrease as well. Some people might be less motivated to seek engagement with others and this connection might then lead to feelings of, of loneliness and Interestingly, and I think very importantly for us as hearing care professionals, we're really only now finding out what happens when people's social engagement changes. And several studies have shown that social connectedness is related not only to quality of life, but the length of life too. Knowing that, I think, only increases the role that we should play in maintaining the social and emotional well-being of our clients. Right. I, you have a believer in me. I have to tell you, reading the recommendations and um, the background and the steps involved, I just feel that it is so incredible that we can have, uh, as hearing care professionals, such a vital role in the social and emotional well-being and helping people with those social connections. And that really, really is so powerful. And I have to say, when I moved to Switzerland and I wasn't able to communicate in German, I almost felt as if I had a hearing loss where I was responding inappropriately 
say sometimes to people, I was feeling really embarrassed. I was finding I wasn't going out to socialize because it was just really hard when I didn't understand what was going on around me. And so when I read the guidelines, I almost felt like they were speaking to me and just made me realize just what an important role we play and why this is such an important topic. So yeah, that is an excellent um, explanation. And I truly, truly do relate to that. And what I think is really wonderful is that the recommendations that are in this publication really guides hearing care professionals in really how to implement a social and emotional well-being approach in their daily practice. And so when I think about kind of what went into this, there is a lot, uh, you know, of research behind it, um, these steps by nine experts in the field. Can you give me a little bit of background of what went into this publication? Oh, happy to. So... Some of these amazing people that I, I co-authored this paper with and I we gathered in late 2019. It was actually at a well-being conference which was convened by Phonak. At the conference and also at a workshop before that conference, we were discussing which areas of well-being were being researched in the context of hearing loss. And we also talked about how we could help hearing care professionals to incorporate their patients or clients' well-being in clinical practice. So actually since 2019, many of us have gone on to research and, and publish on the topic. But FONAC also continued to focus on the topic of, of well-being. And, and so to us, it seemed like a really great opportunity when we were asked to write a paper on social emotional well-being that we should create a guideline for hearing care professionals so the group with whom I co-authored these guidelines was really, really diverse. And you've already said that in your introduction, but it was wonderful to have such a great team together. They were different in terms of um, geographic regions, uh, as well as audiology backgrounds and, and clinical settings. And we started off working on these guidelines by really looking at what was available in the research literature. And we found that there was actually quite a lot of evidence to support the fact that hearing care professionals really do play such an important role in social emotional well-being. But we also saw that if we as audiology professionals were to address this well-being, then our clinical outcomes could also improve. So it seemed like a real win-win, but what there wasn't a lot of was um, ideas as to how to implement it. So when we collated the research evidence and, and also looked at expert opinion, we found that there were some real key processes that we could still distill down and put into these guidelines to help hearing care professionals really implement if they were serious in, in looking at their, their client's social and emotional well-being. And I love that there are five specific recommendations to follow and um, really with the tools attached to them of how they can implement it. So such a practical piece of guidance. Uh, when I'm thinking of like our listeners and listening to this and feeling very motivated to start tomorrow, I, I would love to know as one of the expert contributors of what would be your personal like quick win in these recommendations? What is the first step our listeners can start taking to make a difference in their clinical practice? Oh, gee, uh, there, that's a hard question, Lisa. Um, if I look at the five different steps, which are all about, you know, identifying social emotional well-being, incorporating it into needs and goals, I think one of the steps that's really important and could be implemented quite quickly is the, the concept of including family members. Right. 
one step that everyone could really incorporate even tomorrow in their practice is just to always make sure that a family member is invited to attend appointments. We know that family members play an important role and they are often also the motivation for people to come and see us. But these family members are not always sure what their role is, but they are impacted by their loved one's hearing loss. And so if we can incorporate family members and incorporate their input and their observations on how this hearing loss is impacting the family, I think we can much better formulate a way to manage hearing loss and do so in a really holistic family-centred way. So I think if we... Uh, if, if you want the one quick win and, the, and distill a whole guideline into one step, I would say make sure that whoever or however you are setting appointments in your clinic, that it's just routine to invite a family member along. So I love that quick win, but of course we want people following all five of the recommendations. So the next question before we say goodbye to you today is how would you recommend that our clinicians really make it easier for them in their clinical practice to implement all five of these recommendations? We know that behavior change is hard and I love that you give practical guidance. So maybe we can end this podcast with you giving our listeners an idea of what they can do to implement these five recommendations in their daily practice. Sure. Look, I agree. Changing our clinical practice is hard, right? As clinicians, we all have a way of doing things and this might be due to either habits or maybe set protocols or time pressures or management or a whole host of of different things. I, I get that. So I would suggest don't try and do it all at once. Perhaps look at the five step plan and for each of the suggestions that we in these five steps, see what you're willing to change maybe in the next week. Look at what recommendations you think you'd like to take up and look at some of the things that you feel that might be difficult to change and then identify why they might be difficult to change. I think it's also important to look at what do you need to make changes. So it might need some simple things like infrastructure, like adding more chairs to the clinic, or it might mean uh, buy-in from from management or colleagues or other staff. So I would suggest really write down what you'd like to implement and what you need to do this and and go from there. I think there's so much that we can do. And, and I really hope that our paper has really created a useful plan to make sure that we as hearing care professionals and as a whole audiology community, really make sure we play our role in, in improving social and emotional well-being for those who come in to see us because I think the need is there. Oh, wow. Those are fabulous recommendations. And uh, I'm really pleased that we got to have this conversation today because I've read the guidelines and I have so much knowledge that I didn't have before. And now just listening to your recommendations, these five steps can be implemented and maybe not all of them tomorrow, but there's some quick wins. And really, if you break it down into steps and um, there's a lot in the publication that gives guidance into, you know, the tools that are available to uh, address each step, which I think is really wonderful when we have this practical guidance 
guidance. So thank you very much for contributing to this publication and for taking time out of your day to meet with us, discuss this, and really let our listeners know that we play a vital role in the social and emotional well-being of our clients, which to me is really, really a a powerful um, learning from this. So thank you for joining me today and, um, and thank you to our listeners for joining as well. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate it. Let me recap the key messages from our discussion with Dr. Barbara Timmer today. Hearing is a sense that connects us, so it's not surprising that when hearing loss makes it difficult to maintain conversations, it makes it difficult for us to connect with others. And when social interactions are no longer rewarding, your clients can begin to lose motivation to interact with others and socially disconnect. Fortunately, there's new guidance available that provides clinical recommendations for addressing social and emotional well-being in adult hearing loss. And hopefully, after listening to Barbara today, you will integrate these recommendations into your daily practice and start to explore the social and emotional impacts of hearing loss with your clients and their family. Think about how it will feel to play such an important role in the lives of your clients. To know that by addressing their social and emotional well-being, you are contributing to their social lives, to their mental and physical health, to their overall happiness. If you'd like to dive deeper into this topic, please visit our website, phonec.com. You can find a link to this publication as well as other well-hearing as well-being resources in the professional section on the page. I also encourage you to visit and subscribe to the Phonak Audiology blog to learn more about well-being topics as they relate to hearing. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Goodbye. The Audiologist, a Phonak podcast.